Dance Buffet. That fucked me up. Diarrhea. On this week's episode of Murder Was the Case. That they gave me. <laughs> could make it three for three. Uh, that was pretty try? close. Maybe it wasn't try. bad. We done pretty good the last couple, man. Yeah, you know they can't all be winners. They can't all be bangers, man. You know, I read the Bible quite a bit. <laughs> Spickens, uh, Spickens, Spickens, Deutsch. <laughs> Speakings of which. Speaking of winners and losers, let's talk about one big loser, Mr. Ed Gein. Oh, damn. I thought you were talking about that TV show, The Biggest Loser. Oh, hey, uh, I need to join that TV show, losing this damn weight. I don't give up. <laughs> All right, Chelsea, take it. Um. Okay. That was... It was a weird, a weird introduction. Yeah, it was a weird segue, but we got it. We, we got going, it. baby. Super <laughs> weird segue. Um, no, so not. So we just did our very first live episode of Murder Was the Case, which and was I think super we fun. fucking hit it out of the park. I'm not I'm not trying to brag, but <laughs> I it think wasn't it bad. did really well. Um, so I kind of touched down because we we did uh, because we did it live. We focused more so on a piece of murderabilia we had. Um, and it was an oddest tool piece, so we got to do a visual of that. So that was really cool. Um, and then, so we we do talk about our travels and stuff like that. So I touched down on like the Joe Methany thing, which we yeah. weren't able to go to. Um, but on the previous episode, we had talked about kind of being up in the uh, north area, and um, one of the things we said we were going to talk about was like the Bell Gunnis farm and Ed Gein and mm-hmm. why we hadn't gone there. We had every plan and every intention to go. Um, but upon trying to plan for them, yeah. they don't like our kind around there. No. Yeah. This all. may be a little known. Um, I've never personally experienced anything like this. I don't go on these. I haven't gone on any of these trips with you guys. Uh, I'm just more of the true crime fan. You guys are much more of the, uh, the explorers and adventurers in true crime land. But, um, I, uh, I've heard about these things before, and this may be, uh, something that's little known to the listening audience that motherfuckers in these small towns that had serial killers do not like people coming in and disrupting their fucking peace. They do not. Um, <laughs> they absolutely do not. And it sucks because Chad and I are as respectful as possible. We don't disturb anything. We're not going to, try to destroy or deface or steal no. anything. I mean, the worst thing that we'll take with us is some dirt. Um, but we've been successful in a lot of places. We've met some friendly people, even some people that I didn't want to meet because I didn't know if they were going to be friendly or not. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that that's a story for another day. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of surprise moments. So I guess super surprising to me was when we – planned because uh the bell gunness farm is in laporte indiana Mm -hmm. and it is pretty much on the way from like fox hollow and going to chicago and going out towards the jeffrey dahmer's childhood home in bath ohio and then the ed gein farm which is in plainfield wisconsin and it is up above uh several hours where all the jeffrey dahmer stuff was yep and also at the time where we planned to try to go, it was during deep COVID restrictions and they had like borders closed on certain states. So we didn't even try it. But starting with Ed Gein, um, 
So number one, trying to stay anywhere in Plainfield, pretty much if you step foot in, in Plainfield and you're not gray and, and elderly and staying in a B&B, like they're, they know what you're doing. Oh, yeah, they especially know if you're like you're us, so you got a lot of tattoos. Yeah, I mean, what would anybody really have? What business would anybody have in Plainfield, Wisconsin, dude, you know? Well, the uh, so we were trying to check out the Edgeen, like where the the home stood, like the farmhouse stood, which of course that was burned down like a month after he was arrested. So obviously it's not there, but there is like a a barn or a farmhouse or something still standing on the property. Um, I think that's where some of the stuff was recovered. And we were, as far as Edgeen goes, we have seen the cauldron. From Ed Gein's house at the uh, Zach Bagans Museum, Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. That was super cool. I think they had a couple other things, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Ed Gein related. I'm, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I was trying was, to. Uh, they had the. Was damn. there a lampshade? I no, I don't think they had the lampshade, but they definitely, there was definitely some photos. Did they have the uh, they disembodied the vagina? No, 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 they didn't. What have that. damn! No. If you ain't got that, no then nipples, what do you no have? Vaginas. I want to say maybe there was like a book or something. Maybe the uh, lamp things were just pictures. But there was an entire room dedicated, like super creepy farmhouse looking, dedicated to Ed Gein. So that's about the closest we've gotten to anything Gein. Yeah. They do have um, in Plainfield. There's uh, where his I believe his mom is buried, and where he's buried. And I don't think his headstone's there. I think the headstone is in the basement of the police. Yeah, department people kept stealing it. Yeah. Um, I've seen some people. Oh, there was a uh, rubbing, a gravestone rubbing uh-huh. uh, in the museum in Las Vegas. Yes, That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> or someone before rubbing. the headstone had been removed, someone got uh, a rub of it, um, which is you just oh, take yeah. a, oh my God, you just take a piece of paper and a piece of like charcoal or something like that or a pencil and and make an imprint. Yeah, just make that like you did impression. In elementary school, you yeah. put stuff down. And they, I mean, yeah. they definitely did take us on a field trip. And I mean, just as a side Nope. They took us on a field trip when I was in elementary school. To a graveyard to do some grave rubbing? Yes. To do, to do, to Wait, are you serious? A hundred percent. Yes. It was the, the it was the Linwood Cemetery in Columbus, Georgia. And, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a historic cemetery. I'm sure you've heard of it. I know what, I know what Linwood is, but they took you as school kids. One hundred percent. More than one time. I'm pretty sure we went two or three times. I think we had, Linwood is close to the old plug house, right? Yes. Yes. I think a couple of people got arrested. Uh, that we knew for going over there late at night. Yeah, you. Yes, I mean, but they they one hundred percent let us fucking go in there, and they had us find specific tombstones and make with grave historical value. Yes, yeah, with yeah, like because I know there yeah. are some notable historical people buried mm-hmm. in Linwood. So, yeah, okay, and they, that and makes they, a little more. Yeah, sense. it was like a. It was. It <laughs> I wasn't thought it was just like a like, weird art project, like an art class no, no, project. No, no, no. It wasn't like, hey, y'all little kids, y'all go fuck up these tombstones. Make sure you draw on them. No, it wasn't nothing like that. It, it was, was like, more go like, find general, like the first mayor of Columbus. Or and something. yeah, and then we get a lesson on their on their you know historical value to Columbus and shit like that. I mean, it was cool. I remember it's still yeah. a little a little creepy. I don't maybe I've not. Never... It, it might not have been elementary school. It was either middle or it was like middle school or like ninth grade uh, high school. Well, el- there's a huge gap between yeah, no, freshmen in yeah, high school and yeah. like elementary school kids. I'm, I'm thinking elementary school because we went on some shitty field trips in elementary school. And it's not like this was a fun field trip. This was shitty. It was hot as fuck outside. I ain't trying to be out walking around the middle of the day fucking bending down, rubbing pencils on fucking tombstones. I ain't trying to do that <laughs> shit. It ain't fun for me. I've got so, some uh, I've got some hard facts of Plainfield just kind of give you an idea of the area, you know, it's a little country town, population of 897, the average age there is 35 and a half, 
poverty rate is 22.7%, and the average household income is $43,000 a year. That uh, those are some pretty sad statistics. Yeah, yeah, very sad. So very that's the middle of the road. Town, and that's very why. poor, small, probably yes. very like mistrusting town. Exactly, yeah. and that's why if they haven't seen you there before, they want to know why the fuck you're there. So I read several stories because I use uh, different means of research before we go into any of these places or spots just to kind of see what the vibe's going to be, what we need to be looking for, stuff like that, and. The reviews on like some of the stuff were kind of scary as far as like them being extremely rude to people who were, you know, geen uh, tourists, um, you know, some of the hotels and stuff refusing to, you know, refusing to give them rooms. Um, there are no trespassing signs everywhere. It's very unwelcoming to outsiders. They want to know why you're there. It, it's a very like get off my property with a shotgun type of place. So I will fucking kill you if you talk to me again. <laughs> That's the vibe in Plainfield. So after yeah. reading that and showing Chad some of the stuff, he was like, hell no, nah. it is not worth it. We are not uh, yeah. going there to get shot. Um, also having some CBD in the car. You know, I'm yeah, pulled true. out as soon as I roll into town. Dude. Very true. That was, that was a factor as well. Um, but there is... A few, there are a few stories about the current owners of the property. If you go through the correct channels and you contact them, a lot of times they will be welcoming and accommodating. Um, That's I've pretty cool. read several stories about people having gone on the property. Uh, I think it depends on which member of the family you get as well. I think the, um, like the older, like the matriarch and patriarch of the family are a little less welcoming, but if you get one of like the, grandsons or uncles or something like that they'll they'll help you out a little more but uh i did read a story someone went on the property with permission and there was some lumber i guess still from the house or so they said like remains or something from Mm -hmm. the house and they were allowed to take a little bit with Uh, oh they made some money on that shit son it's gein is one of these guys that to me does not deserve the uh the reputation that he that he has. I mean, now. Well, I think let's let Chelsea tell bio, and then I want I want to come with a little bit of a rebuttal. Damn it! You caught me on the spot. I see where you, I see what you're talking about. I mean, it's it's not a it's not an unfascinating story, but was the, I think it was the it was more hyped than it was. Yeah. It was the time period. It was so Edward Theodore Gein, also known as the Butcher of Plainfield or the Plainfield Ghoul, was an American convicted murderer and body snatcher. Um, he only has two confirmed murders, nine corpses mutilated, but they were obtained for desecrated from desecrated graves. So he was more so a grave robber than he was a murderer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, the movie Psycho were based on Ed Gein. The movie Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based on Gein. Yeah, because so he was making a bodysuit of a female. And he that's was, he really... Had a weird mommy complex. Um, Didn't he sleep with his mom? Weren't they like sexually active or something? Or did I make that? I don't believe so. No. I don't think so. I think he was just a very sheltered child. Um, he grew up with his mom on a farm. And he had some normal interactions. Um, mentally challenged. Yes, was mentally challenged. And he just did some weird shit he tried to be martha stewart with some bodies that he snatched from graves and i think that's the probably the weirdest thing about him i think the uh i mean it's, it's some pretty weird shit about it. i mean that is weird for sure but uh i think that you know like the he's gotten this reputation as like this fucking guy who is this like prolific serial killer and he's the basis for buffalo bill and for leatherface and for fucking norman bates and all of these 
all of these, you know, historical or not historical, but these classic like fucking movie villains and shit. Mm-hmm. And he really wasn't. He was just a guy. He could have been anybody. We've had there are stories, there are n- numerous stories like from the past fucking century of guys just like Gein who but have done fucking crazy quite, weird not- shit. Well, I mean, there, but not quite. I don't think on the scale that Ed Gein did, because when they came to arrest Ed Gein and they came to to check out the house, um, you know, one of the first things they came across was a body suspended off a meat hook that was split open like a deer, decapitated like, too, right? Uh, no, I don't think it was oh, decapitated. Okay. And then they walk in and he's got bowls made of human skulls. He's got upholstery, lamps, book uh, book coverings and stuff, all made of human skin. He's got like boxes full of nipples and like pussy lips and all kinds of weird shit. So he, I mean, that, that's that got to be a horrific sight for anybody. Oh, I yeah, mean, for sure. It doesn't matter if he only killed two people. It's a, he, he took loved ones from their graves and did despicable things with their bodies. Yeah. But I can't imagine that that's all that uncommon, really. I mean, how uncommon could that be? I mean, especially, uh, you know, before surveillance cameras and all of that stuff. Um, I only know of one room and one museum that's dedicated to someone who's done like done that, and it's Ed Gein's room. I'm gonna have to do <laughs> some research on this because I'm bringing yeah, up a, I'm bringing up something that I don't feel like is all that unique. Um, I feel like I if feel, it wasn't all that unique, then there would be much more well known cases. And I, I feel like he I mean, was, maybe he was like the the OG of 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 like American fucking body snatching. But like, I don't feel like there don't hasn't feel like been there's anybody more people. else who, to the extent that he did. For, I mean, you'd hear about it if once those people pass away, even if they weren't apprehended in in life. I mean, you you'd think that if someone goes into somebody's house and they see the gruesome things that they saw at the Ed Gein farm, you know, that would be public knowledge. Yeah, for sure. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna delve into this, and I'm gonna get back to yeah, everyone get, on get this back one. To this. Let's know about it. Uh, Augusta Gein was his mom. They said she was God fearing woman who tried to instill in her son that sex was evil and women were instruments of the devil, like Bobby Boucher's mama. Yeah. In doing so, she helped create a monster, aka Ed Gein, the butcher of Plainfield, whose grotesque real life perversions and savagery sparked a whole genre of horror fiction you're definitely true. not getting this from wikipedia that's, okay. that's like wikipedia? the most <laughs> he a, no but that's true man he inspired a lot he was of, a monster and you favorite. didn't get that info from wikipedia <laughs> wikipedia <laughs> what, is that not how you say wikipedia 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 you can't say know. wiki 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 <laughs> no like seriously like everything everything that you see is like this wiki harry potter wiki uh, I have so, no idea. I have to, heard, I have to get back to you on that. Like, yeah, you go. You go. <laughs> now I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this one. Well, what about the kills, Chelsea? Let's talk about the the actual kills. Edgine was responsible for. Um, he was responsible for two murders that we know of. Um, and they're very they're very pretty well known. It was um, Mary Hogan and Bernice Warden. Um, the first one was from the. Um, hardware store. Oh, the hardware store too. But bitch, you don't go near that goddamn hardware store unless you buy some. Is mails. it still open? Is that place still open? It is a store. It is. Oh, a, I don't shit. know if it's necessarily a a hardware store, but it is a store. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, don't go in there unless they know your name and, and you're a weekly shopper. I mean, well, why can't you just roll up in there and buy some shit? What about if you're a weekly shopper? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the hardware store owner was Bernice. I fucking kill- <laughs> Was Bernice Warden. Um, he murdered her. He abducted her and murdered her from the hardware store. Um, and that was where the cash register was open. Blood stains were on the floor. And I feel like he got caught by a receipt. Let me let me verify that. Yes, a sales slip written for a gallon of antifreeze with the last receipt written by a warden on the morning she disappeared. And um, what Gein, a dumbass. Yes, Gein, <laughs> um, you know, not known was, for his intelligence. No, he said he was going to buy a gallon of antifreeze. So um, the evening, the same day that the disappearance happened, Gein was arrested at West Plainfield Grocery Store. And that's when they searched the Gein farm. Um, and the body was decapitated. I apologize. I remember seeing. That's what I thought. I, thought I remember seeing pictures. And for some reason, there was a head and hair um, in my, my recollection. But I guess I was wrong. So that's when they discovered um, Mary Warden's decapitated body in a shed on the property, hung upside down by her legs with a crossbar, her ankles, ropes at her wrist. Torso was dressed out like a deer. She had been shot with a twenty-two caliber rifle, and the mutilations were made after her death. So here is uh, a complete list of what was found in his house. Uh, whole human bones and fragments, a wastebasket made out of human skin, human skin covering several chair seats, Skulls on his bedposts, female skulls, some of them with tops sawn off, bowls made from human skulls, a corset made from a female torso, skin from shoulders to waist, leggings made from human skin, masks made from the skin of female heads, Mary Hogan's face mask in a paper bag, Mary Hogan's skull in a box, Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack, Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of Gein's potbelly stove, nine vulva in a shoebox, a young girl's dress and two vulvas of two females judged to have been about 15 years old, a belt made from female human nipples, four noses, a pair of lips on a window shade drawstring, a lampshade made from the skin of a human face, and fingernails from female fingers. How long before Gucci or uh, Supreme comes out with that human uh, eggy nipple belt? <laughs> $5,000. I mean, when you hear it broken down like that, I mean, that's quite the collection. That's a, that's <laughs> I mean, a lot right. of weird shit. To yeah, keep in house. yeah. I mean, and, I didn't, I, I knew that he had several artifacts. I didn't know it was quite that extensive. Bro, and I want to say, now this might be wrong, but I want to say he was a babysitter. Like he babysit like local kids in this house. Mm. I had to, I had to fact check that. Um, uh, what else you got, Chelsea? Um, so if we're, are we ready to move on from Ed Gein? Yeah. One, one thing, uh, his call, he died from uh respiratory and heart failure in, in the, in a mental hospital. In a mental, where he was it in was... the Mendonta, Mendonta mental health Institute, in Madison, Wisconsin in 84, July 26th of 84. He was 77. It said, it was said that he, uh, actually enjoyed being in the mental institution. I think they gave him the help that he needed. If he had gone there when he was supposed to probably at a much, much younger age. As is usually the case. And also... Some he, people probably would not have died. And the fact that he was in such a small town may have been kept him from even more murders because had he been in a big city where people didn't know him, you know, who knows what could have happened. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that the sense that it was a small town, he lived out on a farm, I feel like maybe that was the reason... He felt comfortable doing all this was because of that secrecy, because there weren't many people around. And I think everybody just kind of thought he was kind of like the town, you know, kind of like slow guy, you know, they, you know, you don't fear that guy. You know right. what I mean? You're not scared of that guy. He's just the dude that's he was kind an of oddball. He was, you know, yeah. 
Everybody's just like, oh, there's weird Ed walking down the road. Yeah. Hey, before we move on, I want to say this is uh, to help with the expenses, like life expenses. Ed and his brother Henry did whatever they could around town. They had a good reputation in the community as hardworking handymen. In addition to handyman gig, Ed also babysat for children. Damn. I know I'd heard that somewhere. But it wasn't in his house. Maybe not. I had heard that, though, somewhere. But maybe that's I mean, but just because you like making, you know... uh, Nipple arts belts. and arts and crafts out of human flesh that does not mean that yeah, you, you are not a qualified babysitter that, that you can't keep a child yeah, let alive. me find out on on scouts babysitter's resume that they create human arts and crafts i don't believe that that was going on a resume <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's that game moving right along to the next one babe Bruh. Bruh. So moving to Bell Gunnis, um, Bell Gunnis was one that we found out from last podcast on the left, and she operated off her farm in Laporte, Indiana, which is a hop, skip, and a jump away from anywhere we've traveled as far as like going towards Fox Hollow Farms, going towards Chicago, and unfortunately, we just have not been able to make it out there. This was another uh. one that during my research, they do not like our kind around there so i don't even know why anybody would get up in arms about the area really dude i would I mean, lean into it and make some fucking yeah, money dude, i mean because well, dude found... she was like they never found her body nobody knows if she, where she went uh you they know think, it's... well they it hasn't been confirmed whether it was her body or not so just a quick background on bell uh bell gornis gunnis was born brunhild paldstadter storset gazoon tight one more time uh-huh. <laughs> Brynhild Ballstadter Storset was a Norwegian. That's what she said. (laughs) Norwegian American serial killer who was active in Illinois and Indiana between 1884 and 1908. So she was a killer for 24 years, I believe that matters. Stone cold killer. Holy shit, that's a long time to kill people. Gunnis is thought to have at least killed 14 people, most of whom were men she enticed to visit her rural Indiana property on the promise of marriage, while some sources speculate her involvement in as many as 40 murders. Um, she seemingly died in a fire in 1908, but is popularly believed that she faked her death. Her actual fate is unconfirmed. So what happened was when the farm burned down, they believe she set the farm on fire with her and her daughters inside. Um, they found a body. It was headless. It was five inches shorter and about 50 pounds lighter than Gunnis was in life. That wasn't um, her. <laughs> yeah, obviously. No explanation was provided for what happened to the body's head. Um, they don't know if she died in the fire or not. Um, there was a reporter who they say invented the escape story and there were reported sightings of her in the Chicago area long after she was uh, declared to be dead. So um, they the police still looked into reports of women suspected to be her. No one is apprehended. And recent DNA tests were performed on the headless corpse, but the results were inconclusive. So after her crimes came to light, the farm became a tourist attraction. Uh, of course, this was in the early 1900s, so there was nothing better to do. Uh, people came from all across the country to see the mass graves, and concessions and souvenirs were sold at the site. Damn. What I want to say real quick, who? was the detective on site that couldn't determine if they died from the fire thing was it barney fife it was not <laughs> dude it was somebody trying to close a fucking case it was like oh my god what a fucking nightmare dude let's get this done and yeah. over with yeah that's yeah. her that's her boys you yeah. know i mean they couldn't find the head so that's i mean that's kind of weird in and of itself i would say 
I mean, she uh, she to me is a Maniac. an extremely uninteresting serial killer. I think she oh, killed man. she killed almost exclusively for fucking money that she could swindle out of people, and I just ain't down with that. Let's, she was like a country H. H. Holmes kind of. Yeah. Can we exactly. talk about maybe one of them about the guy? Because it's very interesting. These guys were moving from. Not the like yeah, from US, Norway from yeah yeah they were taking they, a boat. Can you imagine you taking a boat? You think you're about to marry a millionaire, dude? Right. What, I mean, she's she was basically ex, she was sending out in what was basically want ads for a husband, yeah. and she would send like or she would get correspondence from these guys, and she was always looking for a Norwegian man because she was herself Norwegian, and she would like require a deposit to like actually get the guys to, uh, to, I guess, you know, it's almost like a retainer. She's like, I won't marry nobody else. If you send me $2,000 or whatever it was. So she'd get this money and then invite these guys to come and see her and meet her and marry her. Well, she was also trying to um, keep a little distance between the men in her community. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. you know, I mean, she was running an entire scam. She did have millions of dollars in that day and age. Her her money, you know, waned and grew a little bit. But With every husband that died. <laughs> well, I think she was only married twice. Um, most of them were, you know, perspectives and farmhands and looking for a better life in America. And they could be sent to a fellow, you know, Norwegian's. Uh, successful farm to get their start in America, possibly marry her, stuff like that. Um, and a lot of it had to do with, you know, she faked the letters from home. She would, you know, make them write letters to drain their bank accounts. There were no phone calls or anything like that. So um, I think it was just definitely convenience is the reason she pretty much imported her victims. Um, she definitely had some stateside victims, but um I mean, long story short, she, you know, she wasn't perfect at it. Her her time started running out and people started closing in on her. I think that's why she panicked and set the farm on fire because she was being investigated. So when they showed up and they uncovered all this stuff, she was either dead or long gone. Yep. Dude, what kind of maniac to kill their own kids, bro? Dude, when oh, you, she didn't give a shit. When, you, uh, when all you give a fuck about is money, which is exclusively all she gave a fuck about, it was like last... Uh, one of the previous uh, episodes where you asked me if I was interested in like mobsters and gang activity kind of uh, killers. Yeah. And I said that I wasn't. I find Bell Gunness to be in that sort of same vein. It's not interesting to me because there's no, there's no deep rooted psychological issues that are. Well, there's deep rooted psychological yes. issues. Yeah, but they, they aren't like, they aren't the. They're the not compu- like a psychosis or it's anything like that. It's not the compulsion. That she just wanted to make money. Exactly. It, it didn't matter who stood in her way. And I, you know, that's no different than fucking any other number of fucking guys, girls, anybody out there who's just trying to get that bag. And if all you're trying to do is get that bag, then ain't nothing going to stop you. Well, she's, you know, America's like first black widow kind of thing. Um, she did. I just read she did have two children um, and poisoned them as infants. And Jesus. she she had the kids. Uh, took life insurance policies out on him, had the kids killed him. Yep. Like, it seems like babies. if you're if you're her insurance agent after a couple <laughs> of those policies pay out, like uh, so I mean, she moved about. around quite a bit. Yeah. Um the the farm she had for a good long while, but before that, it was like first husband, first couple kids. Um, you know, that's when she was pulling stuff. So that tells you what kind of psychopath she is. She she literally gave birth to to live children 
to collect their life insurance policy Damn, so that she could give birth bitch. to them and kill them and get paid for it. Not even an uncommon thing. That happens a lot. And what's real crazy is back then you had to put in some work. You're trying to date somebody. If you lived in this little town, you got to put out some ads in the newspaper. You got to ride the horse in the town, put an ad in, ride the horse back. You got the horses in the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I definitely wanted to check out the farm site, of course. It's uh, 11 bodies, uh, I believe, were found or partial bodies. Um, I mean, it was just it was an absolute insane thing, and it took so long for them to completely excavate all of the the land and find the bodies and exhume them um and i did for a little while i tried i kept an eye out to see if anybody was potentially selling any of these souvenirs um or anything like Like the stuff the stuff that they were that that they had gotten back when it was a tourist attraction yes i knew that that was a long shot i have not found anything or anything um replica of of I don't even know what they would have. I, I know I heard uh, like pins or buttons and stuff like that. That shit's still got, it's got to be out there somewhere. I think, I think so too. Somebody's, I got, somebody got, somebody's got them. I want one. Let me know if you have one. I'll even take a replica. I would just want to know what it looks like. I want to know what was, what was going on for entertainment yeah. in 1908. I mean, I don't know. So um, <coughs> when I looked into Laporte, first of all, Laporte is not a bustling tourist <laughs> destination whatsoever it is a very small town babe if you want to look up like the facts of laporte like you did plainfield that might give you a little more perspective on laporte indiana but indiana is just littered with teeny tiny little nowhere towns and this is what laporte is and i believe this was this town when i was looking um, there wasn't even a place to stay overnight within like 45 minutes yeah. of the the site. So that was kind of a, a scheduling conflict as well because we were trying to make it different places mm-hmm. and we had to stay somewhere close and there really wasn't anything within an hour. And um, they do, however, have a tiny Bell Gunness exhibit. Um, Laporte has this little like cultural museum. And they have like a little room in the museum that has one of the wheelbarrows and one of the original sheds in it. Uh, that's about it, though. That's all they kind of do to acknowledge her existence. Did you guys go to see that? No, oh, okay. I did not. It, I believe it was COVID. So we oh, couldn't okay. go. Gotcha. I mean, yeah. that was the COVID was a huge issue in us being able to go because the first time we went, I think it was like 2018. Um, we drove up that way and we were just pressed for time and we didn't really you know, know too much about it. And then the second time we tried to plan COVID fucked it all up. So then I was looking, um, and it's kind of hard because of the, the property that the farm was on, it was 45 acres. It is now a bunch of houses. Um, and you know, the neighbors don't take too kindly to, to people. I mean, number one, it's hard to pinpoint. There's, there's nothing I've really found online that pinpoints where the farm like house exactly stood. Um, there was somebody who went at the end of 2019 and she talked to some of the neighbors. One neighbor was pretty helpful, was an older man in his nineties. And I guess he didn't get much company. He, he was, um, his grandmother used to buy milk from the Gunnis farm. That's interesting. Yes. So he could like, he pointed out to her the part of, or supposedly where the farmhouse stood and stuff like that. So he was pretty receptive to it and told stories and whatnot. So while this, this, this is one person in the community, nobody else feels this way in the community. And he's probably not around much longer to, uh, 
to. Uh, oh, to, that's sad to think about. I mean, if he's in his nineties, I mean, oh, time is I running hope short. He made it through COVID, and and maybe maybe we can figure out. I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, reach out to this author and see if she's got any information she can share. But uh, the other neighbors, not so much. They slammed doors in her face, and they kind of laughed at her and was kind of sarcastic. And a lot of it was attributed to. Um, like vandalism and yeah. stuff like that. They didn't want people, like strange people in their community. Um, you know, hold on, let me read. I mean, it just goes back to time and time again, man. There are always people out there that are going to ruin shit for everybody else. True. You know, it's just, you can't have nice things in this country like murder sites. People make their dogs bark at all hours. Um, the police officers claim to be called into the property many times for the sounds of disturbances at a family home that was not occupied. Uh, looters, trespassers, um, people fighting inside the house and stuff. I guess they've been called for that too. So, um, it's just, I guess a small town and they don't want to be disturbed. It's not too small population, 25,000. And then uh, their average household salary is forty one thousand. Ooh, even less than Plainfield. Yep, way more people though. Yeah. Twenty five times the amount of folk. Well, I mean they're spread out in I think twenty five times the the area as well because the uh, farm is located at the very end of a road or was, and like I said, it's it's homes now. But um, one thing that people do agree on in Laporte is that it is very 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 haunted. That 45 acres is. Um, uh, I imagine so. Everybody that was talked to on this particular article, the the woman went and she just started knocking on doors. I don't have the balls to do that. I, I would never want to disturb somebody no. in that way. I mean, what we do, we, we don't write for any kind of major publication. We don't have a TV show or anything like that. So I don't feel we have a good reason to start knocking on people's doors. But everybody agreed that there are like orbs and balls of light and apparitions and all kinds balls of weird of shit that happens there. Oh yeah, dude. So that I had to see it to believe it, see it to believe it. And one day maybe we'll take that trip. So that wraps up. We're talking about bell Guinness and Mr. Ed Gein. Gunness. Gunness. Bell Gunness. Bell Gunness. Guinness and is Mr. The beer. And Mr. <laughs> Ed Gein, yes. the butcher. Of Plainfield. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Let's go ahead. Get a glimpse of that because they don't fucking care. Wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good, man. It's all good. Dismemberment. Poisoning your children for monetary gain. Making mask of human flesh. Having sex with strange Norwegian men for money. And you have just listened to this week's episode of Murder Was the Case. That they gave me. Thank you all for tuning in. We love you. A deacon. My baby.